0: Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining me for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. And this week, I'm going to be talking about horses that are severely or highly insecure. And this episode is basically based off of a situation with a horse that uh, we dealt with just coming back from a clinic. I'm going to talk first about one of the students in particular, and she's a 14-year-old. Friday night when I got there people were starting to trickle in and I was watching one girl work her horse. And, you know, when you, when you're 14 years old and you're going to a clinic with, I think we had 21 or two riders and you know, that in itself is a lot of anxiety for, for a young lady and for anybody. But so she was in riding her horse and you could tell right off the bat that, you know, horses got a ton of ability. Speed was not gonna be an issue. You could tell that from the first time you saw that, just the way that horse looked. Um, and while she was working that horse right off the bat, you know, I, I just watched her for a few minutes cause I didn't want to make her nervous. And, but you know, I noticed that the bridle reins never went slack once while I was watching her. And that is pretty common, unfortunately. You have to understand from the horse's perspective that if you never release contact or pressure in their mouth, that horse never understands that they've they've found the desired response. So if you ride a horse for an hour and the whole time you're in their mouth, either tugging, pulling, whatever, the whole time that horse is wondering, what what, what should I do? What should I do? Because, you know, understanding the release is what you teach, okay? I heard Martin Black say that years ago in an article I read. The release is what you teach. And for a long time there, we we were under that, idea that we're teaching horses to give to pressure. Well, you are using pressure to help them find that release. But when you release that bridle rein, that's when that horse, the light bulb in that horse's head goes off and they go, oh, that's what they wanted. Okay. So no different than, um, you know, in, in a bad sort of way, it's like a horse with some alley issues and we had a couple of them. You know, if a horse um, refuses the alley and runs off and goes back, you know, wherever that horse stops having its fit, we drop our hand and, and are just glad we survived it. You know, most people drop their hand and pet on them wherever they stop at. Well, that's, that's the release. So then in that, in that situation, we're, we're training them to do that we're training them to have that reaction so that they can get that release back, you know, outside of the alleyway. Well, and this horse is, you know, this, the situation with this horse. And and like I said, this 14 year old young lady, and, and she did so good for those two days, not getting frustrated, not losing her mind because I'm talking, she was, she was up on top of, a lot of horsepower, Um, horse could easily run a hole in the wind. Um, So right away, the first day we worked on some simple level one exercises. And I explained to her that, you know, the first time I saw her do something where she dropped her hand and give that horse some slack, just almost instantly, that horse's head dropped a few inches and that horse licked its lips like, oh, thank you. And this horse has a, is real insecure, um, real unsure, no, no trust, because that horse had no idea what it was supposed to do because you had to ride it, well, to keep it from just running off, you, you had to be in its mouth all the time. And boy, that's not a very fun position to be in as a rider. I mean, that is not relaxing. There's nothing relaxing about it. So as we went through those simple exercises and I explained to her how important it is to release, even, even if you think in the next second or two, you're going to have to pick that rein up again, just like if you're doing a lateral flex or a one rein stop, when that horse gives you that response, And just like in a lateral flex where that horse gives you the response you're looking for, which is two things. They need to stop moving their feet and they need to get off the bridle, meaning release that pressure on your bridle rein. The minute they do that, the second they do that, you need to release the pressure on that rein and release and let that horse understand that that's what you were asking. Those simple level one exercises for a horse like that are so valuable because you're at a speed where you have the opportunity to every few seconds release you know ask for a response release ask for a response release and through repetitions each time you release and that head horse drops its head a couple inches licks its lips you're starting to build some trust and confidence and i know that doesn't seem like a huge deal but i promise you to this horse it was a huge deal because after 2 days i promise you for in for in this horse's life those 2 days were probably the two best days of that horse's life while it's been in training and i don't know I don't know the background of everything with this horse. So I'm not going to pretend that I do. And I'm sure not, I'm sure not uh, saying anything bad about what's happened prior to this. You know, this horse has just got a big motor and this horse has to understand that it can walk around, trot around, lope around on a slot on a loose rein. And that wasn't going to happen. I mean, that, that, if, if you, you know, with this, with this rider, you know, sh- she, didn't have enough confidence to drop her hand, you know, and it was even when we were standing in one spot and I'd ask her to drop her hand, she'd kind of look at me like, I really don't want to drop my hand. <laughs> and I just kept telling her, just trust me, just trust me. And she'd drop her, drop her hand. That horse would drop its head and lick its lips. You know, but I promise you, if you had a, you know, if you had a uh, sensor on her body, when she dropped that hand, she probably wasn't real relaxed. And it's hard to do. It's hard to do on horses like that. And I get that. That's why initially when you start those types of horses, and the first thing I do on all my colts is we step off a few steps and I go into a one-range stop. And, and I've got them prepared for it. Like I've flexed them laterally. I've drove them. I've got those horses, they're, they're, they're in the bridle before I ever step and put my foot in the stirrup. I mean, it's not a, it's not a deal where I've got to just be stronger than they are to, to stop their feet. But the reason I do that is, is exactly for situations like this with horses like this, so that. I can start to build that thought process in that horse where they're looking for that release because horses are either thinking or reacting. And I promise you like this horse when you put your hand down and and running as hard as a horse can run, that's a reactive response. Okay? That's the response they use to save themselves or to run from danger. Okay? That that's a reactive response. That's why when you put speed with anything, that's why the wheels start to fall off the wagon because that horse is switching from the thinking side of their brain to the reacting side of their brain. And that's why, you know, most horses are really good going slow. And then when you kick them into another gear, and especially when you get into high gear, whatever whatever that is for your horse and for this horse, it would have been it would have been at a high rate of speed you're you're using the reacting side of your brain you're basically almost running scared and it takes a long time to build the confidence in those horses and build the foundation in those horses so when you take the slack out of that bridle rein it switches that brain back to the thinking side of their brain and that's why just like with this horse you know and and we talked about it a lot over the 2 day period Um, when I talk about doing correct repetitions, I mean, I'm talking, you know, that horse is going to be a lot better after 500 repetitions of each of the, those fundamental exercises, those level one exercises, level one and two. And, but that horse is going to be a whole lot better after 5,000. And, you know, at the end of the clinic, um, with this particular horse. Carrie Arnson was the host of the clinic, and Carrie's a real good hand with a horse. And I think she actually ended up taking this horse into training for a month or two, which will be awesome, because um, that's exactly what that horse needed. She was trying, she got on and was just going to lope that horse in a circle on a loose rein. And, you know, the horse was still pretty goey. And so she would go right into a one ring stop and, and, and stop its feet. And then she'd go again. And, and after a couple tries, I told her, I said, let's just, when the, when we're done for today, let's just go in the round pen. We'll put our hand down and just let that horse basically, you know, basically that horse just runs scared for a little bit. And the horse wasn't going to do anything stupid, but the horse was just, the horse had no confidence when that hand was down and that rein rein was slack. And and what happens when you're always in your horse's mouth, when you always have pressure on your reins, you're you're kind of maneuvering your horse um, and you can somewhat control it, but that horse never knows that it finds the right answer. Like, if you go to make a turn, and the whole time you're turning, you're in that horse's mouth, and there's never a release, that that horse never knows that that's what you wanted it to do. It's just something that you basically kind of manipulated them around to do the maneuver. And, you know, if I was a horse, that would get really old. I mean, you would, there wouldn't be much, you know, I wouldn't associate good things with seeing you coming. I wouldn't associate good things with you throwing the saddle on me, knowing what's coming. Um, You know, you got to think about those things Um, because it's our job to develop that horse's potential and help that horse to reach its potential. And sometimes instead of going faster, that means going slower. Um, In this particular case, Carrie got on that horse in the round pin, and I mean, this horse, and I and I wasn't worried about the horse doing anything stupid, but the horse was just running scared to, like, you, the thing you worry about is the horse losing its footing and taking a bad step. But the ground was real good, and that's something that's important. You know, be aware of your facilities. Be aware of your ground conditions. I mean, if your ground's hard and slick, don't do this. Don't do this. I mean, be smart about it. Um, and this is an, this was an extreme case. I mean, very few of you will probably deal with something like this. Uh, some will. Some will. But before long, like there at the end, Carrie could put her hand down, and that horse would just walk off and then trot off and then lope off. And it didn't take 15 minutes. I mean, it didn't take no time at all. Now, Ellie was the girl's name that owns the horse. And like I said, Ellie did it she did a great job over the two days. Cause it would have been, there would have been times that it would have been really easy to get frustrated, really easy to get frustrated, but she continued to work on those simple level one exercises. And, and they are simple exercises, but they are so important because it's the foundation of your foundation. And when we, uh, Sunday morning, um, the people that were in the clinic that ran barrels and most of them were working barrel horses. We set the barrels up and they could work their horse and just either walk, trot, lope the pattern, make a little run if they wanted to. And, and I always say, I don't know anything about barrel racing, but I do know something about getting a horse to rate and turn and be broke. And that's, I don't care what discipline it is. If your horse is broke, you're going to have a lot more fun. It's going to be more enjoyable. You're going to have more success. I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a really pretty simple concept, but you know, on, uh, when we did that exercise, Ellie was able to put her hand down and walk the pattern on that horse. Now the horse, she wouldn't have been able to put her hand down and lope the pattern, but she was able to put her hand down and walk the pattern. And I asked her, I said, when was the last time you were able to do that? And she said, Never. And you know, you think about that from the horse's perspective. Wow, you talk about you talk about open up the world to you and help you to understand that, you know, running barrels for this horse wasn't prior to to Ellie's hard work and, and Carrie working with her was was a nightmare. I mean, that had to be not much fun for that horse. And if it's not much fun for your horse, it's not going to be much fun for you, quite simply. I mean, let's face it, if if your horse isn't having fun, you don't have confidence in your horse, you're not going to have any confidence in yourself, period. Um, And you're not going to have any confidence that that things are going to go the way you want them to go. it it is just not and, and it's unsafe too when your horse is just running wild it's unsafe not only for you but for everybody else i mean you know you have to be able to control your horse's feet and you have to be able to control your horse's speed you know speed and direction i mean you have to be able to control that i don't care i don't care what you're doing I don't care if all you do which I say all you do is trail riding well trail riding is is a is a discipline all in itself because who knows what you're going to what you're going to meet out on the trail. I mean we we talk about trail riding like it's the most relaxing thing you could ever do but yeah you could come around a corner and there'd be you know a flock of turkeys, a mountain lion, a bear, I mean just depending on where you're at I mean, that sucker better be broke. You might be on a trail that's only three foot wide, right? I mean, so that could be more dangerous than running barrels on a horse that's running off and and doesn't understand what its job is and doesn't understand how to stop its feet or the signal that you're sending it to stop its feet. Um, You know, this situation was just such a great example of you know they really the only muscle we're really the main muscle we're training in that horse is that muscle in its head that's about the size of your fist its brain because if you can't train that brain you can't train that horse to use the thinking side of its brain the results are not going to be very good it's going to be challenging um Building trust and confidence in that particular horse was so huge. You know, and I told Ellie, I said, you know, this this isn't gonna this isn't gonna change overnight. It's not gonna change in a few months. I said, you know, you're you're probably realistically looking at a year. Now if you'll put in the time and you'll put in the repetitions a year from now when I go back up there, that will be a different horse. You know, it goes back to that simple saying that I've talked about in other episodes about, you know, to make a great horse, you know, it, it it is easy to do the things that it takes to make a great horse. But it also but it is also easy not to do those things that makes a great horse. Meaning going back to the fundamentals that, you know, quite frankly at times it's boring. You know, it's boring to work on those simple Fundamental things that it takes to make a great horse, and and I'll be quite honest with you, most people don't even know the fundamentals, or a lot of people don't. It's gotten better, and it keeps continuing to get better, but understanding, you know, um, you know, there, there's ten or eleven of those exercises that I call level one exercises, and that could be you know somebody else that's a trainer could have a whole different set of fundamental exercises that they present maybe in a little bit different way but get the same result at the same time any exercise you do you're going to you're going to apply contact or pressure and when you get the desired response you're going to release so whatever that exercise is when they find the answer that release help stimulate the thinking side of their brain. Okay. So it's, it's not all about the exercise. I mean, obviously I think some are better than others and some work better for me than others. Um, But, but if you have a completely different set of exercises, that's, that's totally fine. I mean, the key is, is when you ask for a response and by applying contact or pressure and that horse gives you the desired response when you release that light bulb in that horse's head goes off and goes okay that's when i feel that that's what they're wanting and then if you do that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times over time you know i'm not saying go out there and one day do it 500 times and say okay i'm good no you need to do it you know, 20 or 25 times every time you get on your horse. Um, it could be part of your simple warm-up process. Because just think about it, If, just like the horse that I'm talking about, this horse that was real anxious, insecure, no confidence, no trust. If somebody's, Every time somebody's foot stepped in that stirrup and stepped up on that horse, they did. You know, 20 repetitions of 10 different fundamental exercises. By the end of that, do you think that horse would be using the thinking side of its brain? After 100 days of doing that, do you think that horse would, as soon as they seen you coming, would they be in the habit of just automatically switching to the thinking side of their brain? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And that, and that's what it takes. Um That's what it takes. I got a filly in here a few, well, it's probably been three or four weeks ago now. And she was the same way. Actually, actually was broke pretty good. I mean, the horse would kind of, could do the fundamental exercises. But at the same time, that horse didn't know what the release was. You know, that horse was real unsure and insecure. And by the fourth or fifth ride, she finally, when I dropped my hand, she finally started to take a breath, relax, and just move out. You know, I was, I was thinking about something yesterday when I was working a horse, you know, and in all reality, if your horse understands your feel, your timing, and your balance, um, whatever your discipline is, if your horse is really trained, you should be able to blindfold that horse and go through the exercise or go through the pattern and because i'm not convinced that a horse really even sees the barrels very good i'm not convinced a horse really sees a steer that good because of the way that her eyes are positioned on their head and i mean it's a proven fact there's a blind spot right in front of them so I really wish that I could run a steer or a calf or run the barrel pattern and be a horse and, and actually see through their eyes what their field of vision is because I don't think it's, I really don't think it's that great. I think they're, I think they are responding off of our field timing and balance way more than what we think they are. Um, I think we're, we take for granted that we think, well, they've got, they can see and they've got two eyeballs. You know, horses are made to see behind them. I mean, that's, that's why they're prey animals. Prey animals' eyes are on the sides of their head so that they can see what's chasing them or see what's trying to come up on them. And, and that's why they're flight animals also. You know, any animal that's got their eyes close together like ours are predators, and we're the hunters, okay? Predators are always the hunters, and prey animals are the hunted. So that's why they have the, a lot of the responses that they do. So, you know, it was, uh, that's a really good subject. That's something that we all, if you ride enough horses, you're gonna be faced with that situation with a horse, and and it takes a lot to keep a horse like that together, you know, the wrong person gets that horse, and just goes and runs, it runs, it runs, it doesn't go back and, and reinforce that foundation, you can untrain it in a lot less time than it took to train it, so that, uh, you know, that that's our our topic our subject for today you know here again i want to thank everybody for listening i really appreciate the feedback i'm glad it helped some of you um make sure you uh make sure you give us that feedback and let us know what you think um have a great week of training and as always be your best hey thanks for joining us on today's show To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhavenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at Horsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.